Hello everyone and welcome to some more No Wrestling! It's me here, your boy Mark Sylvester and I hope to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. And welcome today guys to another edition of the Big Four Pay-Per-View Review. This is where on No Wrestling we review all the Big Four WWE and AEW pay-per-views. And so then guys, for today's episode, I'm going to be reviewing the event that is the WWE Survivor Series 2022 War Games. Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Judgment God is calling Underneath the war pigs crawling Begging mercies for the sins Satan laughing spreads his wings Oh Lord Destruction, chaos, unparalleled brutality awaits. Welcome to War Games. <laughs> and the opening contest, guys, we had was between Team Belair versus Team Bailey in the first of the night's War Games. Now, guys, this uh, match had Bianca Belair and Dakota Kai both starting the match. That was really cool. Like, you had some really big moments. Like, you had this beautiful, uh, big spinning backbreaker by Bianca Belair. Dakota throws Belair right into the turnbuckle. 
Then you had Dakota Kai kicking Bianca Belair from one ring to the other one because with war games, the way that they do it is they have two rings and it's like one cage around the ring. So it's really, really cool. Um, then you had Bianca Belair with a huge, and I mean a massive, superplex to um, Dakota Kai with just showing off Bianca's power. Then you have Bianca Belair, power bombs Dakota into the cage as well. Like you could just see the power of uh, Bianca being able to lift Dakota, just literally just slamming her into the cage. Um, and then after the first five minutes, EO Sky comes in. And then you have EO Sky with this big Hurricane Rana from the top rope to Bianca. Then you have also as well EO Sky with a big splash to Bianca from one ring to the other one, where she kind of leapfrogs from one to the other, which I thought was a really cool moment. Then you have EO and Dakota double teaming on Bianca, showing off their uh, tandem because obviously they were the former women's tag team champions. They've also part of the same stable as well with Bailey. And then after the double teaming on Bianca, Bianca was able to hit this amazing double suplex to both Dakota and Io at the same time. That was just insane because it's just showing off the fact that she is the strongest in the WWE. Then you had Io with a springboard drop kick from the top rope and she does it from one ring to the other one like she does this amazing springboard where she goes from one ring to the other one. That was an amazing move that she did. And then you have Io and Dakota tossing Bianca into the cage. Asuka is out next for Team Belair. Then you have Asuka who is this amazing German suplex to Dakota Kai. Asuka then hits a running kick to Io Sky. Uh, then you have Bianca. Gorilla Press tosses Dakota into the cage. I mean, the amount of um, damage that Dakota Kai took was just insane. Just the amount of hits she took into the cage. From the cage, on the mat, everything else was just crazy. And then you have Nikki Cross is out next for Team Bailey. Uh, then you have Nikki slams the cage door into Asuka. Nikki hits Bianca with a uh, with a massive bin lid because throughout this moment as well they were bringing in weapons and stuff to the ring too. Uh, then you have Nikki with this amazing uh, tornado DDT to Bianca. And then you had Nikki Cross shaking the cage, kind of going back towards her old sanity gimmick and kind of going back to her whole character before she became the... Um, Almost a superhero. Then you have Nikki hitting Bianca with the bin lead again. Then you have Nikki cross-facing Bianca with a Singapore cane to... This adds a lot more punishment to Bianca because obviously you've got... Nikki wants to become the Raw Women's Champion again. And by her doing this damage to Bianca, she would be able to then injure her. And hopefully that will then either in a match in the future or take out Bianca uh, in general. And then it will help her win the championship. And then after all this, Alexa Bliss is out next. And then you have Alexa Bliss, missile drop kicking the bin lid into Dakota Kai. Then you have Alexa, Bulldogs, EO Sky into the bin lid. Then you have uh, Bianca breaking the cane over her knee. Because obviously throughout this point, she was getting the uh, abuse and the attacks from um, Nikki. And you can just see her just break it over her knee. It was an amazing uh, spot, especially as well with Nikki's face going, like, what the fuck, I can't believe she just broke that so easily. And then you have a really cool moment where everyone is starting to hit each other with canes. And then you have throughout the massive melee of everyone hitting each other, Nikki from the top of the cage uh, hits this amazing crossbody onto everyone. Then you have Bailey, who is out next for Team Bailey. So then you have Bailey bringing in both two ladders as well as a table into the ring. And then you have Bailey hits this amazing flip power bomb onto Bianca into the turnbuckle. And then you have uh, damage control, all three of them using a table to hit uh, Bianca with it. 
And then you have Dakota, hits this amazing double knee onto Asuka with the help of Bailey and Io Sky, because she does it where uh, she uses them as like a balance then to jump onto Asuka. And then you have uh, Mia Kim is out next for Team Bianca. And then you have Mia launch the trash can into the ring. And then you have Mia throws the trash can into Dakota, who is jumping from the top right. This is a really cool moment because it's a way that you have um, Mia stopping her attack. It's like, that was a great counter. Then you have Mia hitting a stunner-like move onto Io into the trash can lid. That was a cool moment. Then you have Mia tosses Dakota back into the ring. Then you have this really cool move where you have Mia does this amazing head scissors onto Dakota into the trash can lid. Then you have these amazing big superplexes from the top rope onto the trash can lids as well. That was a great move. And then you have Rhea Ripley is out next for Team Bailey. And you have Rhea with, with this huge big drop kick onto Asuka. Then you have Rhea throwing Bianca into Alexa Bliss. Then you have Rhea is able to catch Alexa Bliss who is jumping from the top rope. And she gives her this amazing suplex. Another great counter by Team Bailey. Then you have Mia throws a trash can into Rhea and hits a cannonball into the corner slash turnbuckle. Rhea with a big drop kick onto Asuka. Rhea throws Bianca into Alexa Bliss. And you have uh, Rhea catching Alexa Bliss who is jumping from the top rope. And she gives her a massive superplex. This was a great move because it's showing another great moment of... Um, reversal of how good these wrestlers are and stuff and then you have Mia throws a trash can lid into Rhea and hits a cannonball in, into the corner slash turnbuckle and then you have Becky Lynch is out next for team Bianca then you have Becky with a side thrust kick into the trash can into Nikki Becky Lynch then pushes Io's head into the ladder in the ring uh, Becky Lynch with some big clubbing blows onto uh, Bailey. Then you have Rhea headbutts Becky Lynch. Asuka hits Rhea with the mist. And you have Becky Lynch hitting this big DDT onto Rhea after the mist this happened. And I think as much as um, AEW and as much as some other people as well in WWE haven't done great mist, I think Asuka for me has some of the best mist in wrestling. And it's just awesome to see her do that amazing spot. And you have this great moment where you, where you have Io with a big splash on the top of the cage. And you have Alexa with an electric chair onto Nikki. And then you had Becky with this amazing huge leg drop from the top of the cage to put Dakota Kai through a table for the one, the two, and the three. And Team Bianca Belair wins. Now this match, guys, was fantastic. I loved it. I mean, this match was brutal. This match had everything that you wanted from the War Games. And I think, for me, the right team won. But it'll be quite interesting to see what they do in the future between the whole damage control versus team Bianca Belair, Asuka, um, Alexa Bliss and um, Becky Lynch even to be part of this feud as well. And it'll be interesting to see what they're going to be doing on Raw. And it's just really interesting and cool to see as well just how now that Triple H is in charge of WWE, just how much more better storytelling that it is and how much more the actual wins and losses matter and stuff and how I feel for me as well. They put each woman over. I mean, they made uh, Rhea Ripley look awesome. I know that she was taken out by Mist, but the fact that it was Mist that took her out was just showing off just how good she is. Also as well, the just the brutality that Kota Kai took as well, showing off her toughness to be able to go through all that stuff as well. Um, 
also saw Asuka just being awesome as ever. And then you also had as well Bianca Belair um, being put over with her strength and her tenacity and just everything else about the woman too. I just think she's uh, fucking great. And I'm just really happy that the women were given some great time and they made the match as important and as really, really cool as the men's match. And the next match we had, guys, was between AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. You, you have these amazing great spots of AJ just basically sweeping um, up Finn Balor continuously. Like you can see just the amount of bumps he's taking because he wants to take out his legs. Because obviously Finn Balor's special move is the coup de grace. And I love, and I love that in-ring psychology. Um, AJ Styles with this massive backbreaker. And then you have Finn Balor with these uh, big knees onto AJ. AJ with a flipping move onto Finn, which was great. Uh, then you have Finn Balor with amazing drop kick onto AJ. It's that really cool move where when you're doing the whole flipping into the pin uh, sequence and then you have as soon as uh, Finn Balor kicked out, you could see him get up and then uh, drop kick AJ. That was a great move. And you have Finn Balor attacking the back of AJ. And then you have Damian Priest uh, distracts AJ and Dominic is able to um, basically sweep uh, and pull the leg from um, AJ where he slams onto the apron. That was our thought. It was a great spot showing that um, tandem between the um, Judgment Day. Then you have um, Gallows and Anderson start to attack um, Dominic. And then you have uh, Damian Priest starts to get involved. All four men are like fighting against each other and stuff and starting to beating each other up. Then you have Anderson with his amazing German suplex to, um, to Dominic. Uh, Gallows and Anderson and Damian Priest and Dominic go off and they fight in the crowd where they go towards the back. Then you have Finn with his big swim blade onto AJ Styles. Finn with a double uh, stomp onto AJ. And you have Finn with lots of kicks to AJ's head. Finn with a big chop showing off, obviously, how everyone does an amazing knife heads chop. I mean, the best knife heads chop for me would probably be Gunther slash Walter and Ric Flair because those guys do amazing um, chops. Then you have Finn misses the double stomp from the top rope and then AJ hits this a big calf crusher. But then you have Finn is able to reverse out of it by slamming AJ's head onto the mat. And then you have AJ hits this big enziguri and then he's able to hit the phenomenal forearm for the one, the two and the three and AJ Styles is the winner. I thought this match was pretty good. I mean, they made the, obviously, both teams were feuding against each other. Like you have um, the OC versus the um, Judgment Day. And then you obviously had this match happen. I know it wasn't as good as their match, but I believe from 2018, 2019, where you had um, Bray Wyatt was off injured. So then AJ had to come in. But I thought for a match, it was pretty good. And it's just insane to think that, this was the first premium live event slash pay-per-view that AJ Styles has won in the last three years. And it was quite cool to have him finally win a match because AJ Styles is truly phenomenal. And the next match we had, guys, was for the SmackDown Women's Championship between Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, to begin with, guys, you have Shotzi coming out in her tank. I mean... The tank is fucking awesome. I love Shotzi and it's cool to see her get the opportunity to wrestle for a championship. I know she's not at the, at the same level as Ronda Rousey is. But then again, who isn't to be honest? Because Ronda Rousey transcends 
um, wrestling and she transcends just sport in general. I mean, she was for many, many years the most decorated wrestler and the most decorated UFC fighter for many, many years. Um, you have Ronda Rousey coming out with Shayna Baszler because at this point you have Shayna and Ronda working together in a tandem because obviously they were part of the four horsewomen of the MMA world and stuff. It's really cool to see that. Uh, and then when they uh, introduced both wrestlers, rather than being when they're coming out to the ring, they did it inside the ring, making it feel like the more sports feel like they normally do with the big championship matches, like when they do the women's championship or the men's championship. I really like that because it adds more to the match and it makes the match as well seem more special and seem more like prominent and it makes the match actually seem like this This is a really big deal. Like you're having the proper announcements and stuff. And I thought it's really cool. And even though, yes, both wrestlers in some matches want to tear each other to bits, it's really interesting to kind of have the referee stopping both of them from doing it. And then as soon as the bell rings, that's when they can beat the shit out of each other. And I really like that because it... And I think as well, it adds more of the realness and it adds more of the sports-like presentation and it adds more of the actual... This is a really important match presentation to the match too. And I really like that. And I'm really glad that they've been doing that in wrestling for a while now. Ronda puts Shotzi into an ankle lock. Shotzi then hits this big cannonball onto... Uh, Ronda, then you have Shayna pushes uh, Ronda out of the way and she is hit with a suicida by um, Shotzi. Then you have Shotzi hits this big enziguri and then you have Ronda with this big kick onto Shotzi. Shotzi hits a big splash from the barricade onto both Shayna and Ronda Rousey. And then you have Ronda Rousey hits this beautiful Piper's Pit from Brett's Rope, the most deadliest of ropes. Then you have Ronda hitting another Piper's Pit where she then transitions into the armbar where Shotzi has to tap and Ronda Rousey is still the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now for me, this match wasn't the best match ever. I mean, you can kind of see the um, inexperience of Ronda Rousey coming through here where I think for me, Ronda Rousey is far more better where she has an in-ring general um, helping her. But... For what it was, I thought it was really, really interesting, really, really good. It shows off the tenacity and the underdog uh, potential and the underdog spirit of Shotzi Blackheart that she wasn't giving up. She wasn't going to go down without a fight. But then it also shows off just the brutality and just the ruthlessness and just basically just the commanding essence that Ronda Rousey has. And I thought for me, this match worked in that sense. And it'll be interesting to see what they do in the future with both women, because I think uh, Shotzi has a really good potential in wrestling and in the WWE, and if they're able to push her in any way like they do um, Jade Cargill in AEW, there'll be a massive future for this amazing woman. And the next match we had, guys, was for the United States Championship, and this was between Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Seth freaking Rollins. Now, to begin with, guys, you had Bobby Lashley coming out first. Then you have Austin Fury, who's out next. And it was really interesting to kind of watch it back. And you can see in the Titan John and on the videos and stuff that it was to do with Beyblade. And I thought it was quite an interesting thing where if it was a several months ago, they would have put that into the gimmick of Austin Fury or into the gimmick of anyone else. But I thought it was quite cool to see... Um, that they were able to incorporate this in such a way that it, it made it work and stuff. I thought it was really funny considering 
how I, I remember Beyblade when I was a kid and stuff. It's just interesting to see it now. I thought it was really, really funny. And then you have Seth Rollins is out next. Uh, Lashley clotheslines Theory out of the ring. Uh, Bobby Lashley with these big shoulder barges into Seth Rollins. Lashley with a neck breaker to Rollins. Uh, and then you also have as well Theory throwing Rollins off the apron. And then you have Theory throws Rollins into the barricade. Uh, then you have um, Fury then starts to ambush on Lashley. Lashley with a big superplex onto Fury. Then you have Lashley with a big spinning elbow onto Fury again. Then you have Lashley with, with, with another big move being a spinning elbow onto Fury. Lashley then hits clotheslines and shoulder barges onto Fury and Seth Rollins alike. Rollins with a big knee onto Lashley. Rollins then throws Lashley into the steel steps. Fury then hits Lashley as well as Rollins with, with the steel steps in the face. Rollins then throws Lashley into the steel steps. And then you have Fury, whilst picking up the steel steps, hits both uh, Rollins as well as Lashley in the face. Then you have Fury with this amazing and beautiful missile drop kick onto Rollins. Then you have Rollins with some big chops onto Fury. Rollins then hits a big swing blade and he also hits a big super kick. Rollins with a super cedar to both Bobby Lashley as well as Fury. Rollins then hits another suicider to Bobby Lashley. Rollins then throws Fury out of the ring through the middle rope and does a huge 360 moonsault onto both Lashley and Fury going over the top rope. And then you have Rollins hits this amazing big sit-out powerbomb to Fury. Rollins then goes for a curb stomp but Lashley pulls Fury out of the way. Lashley with a big slam onto Rollins. Then you have Lashley hitting the hurt lock onto Rollins. And then you have Fury then hits the super hold onto Lashley. And then you have Lashley throwing Fury out of the ring. Rollins then hits a pedigree to Lashley. Uh, Lashley puts Fury into the hurt lock. But then Fury is able to reverse it into a crucifix pin. But then Rollins hits a massive frog splash to break that up. And then you have um, Bobby Lashley hits a double hurt lock onto both Fury as well as Rollins. Then you have Rollins with a big curb stomp to Lashley. Then you have Lashley uh, putting the hurt lock onto both Fury as well as Rollins. Uh, Rollins then hits a curb stomp to Lashley. And then to finish the match, you have this amazing moment where Lashley hits a spear to Rollins. But Fury is able to capitalise on this moment by pinning Rollins for the one, the two and the three. And Austin Theory is the new US champion. Now, for me, guys, I thought this match was great. It showed off both, all three wrestlers. I mean, uh, I mean, Seth Rollins looked freaking awesome. Bobby Lashley is just a beast. And I love that man as well. He's a great wrestler. And you had Austin Theory looking really good too. And it's really, really cool to see how when a triple threat match is done really, really well how amazing they can be and it's just really, really cool to see that even though obviously they mentioned a reason why Austin Fury didn't use his briefcase from the world champion because he knew well with the bloodline he wasn't going to win and then obviously he lost but then having it where he's like nah fuck it I'm going to destroy every single person I'm going to use my cunning use my skills to win that it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with Austin Fury next uh, where I believe um, he's a future world champion and it'd be really interesting to see what the future lies for Austin Theory. And now it's time for the main event for the evening. The men's war games between the bloodline 
versus the Brawling Brutes. Now, to begin with, you have Jay Uso as well as Butch start the match. And then you have Jay is trash-talking Butch. But then you have Butch is then also trash-talking Jay. Butch then Pearl Harbors Jay with some big clubbing blows. Butch then goes after Jay's fingers, wrenching them back, wrenching them into the cage, which is a great spot that he's done for many, many years. Because I've seen Butch slash Pete Dunne back in Rev Pro several times and stuff, and even for WWE. And it's just cool to see him still doing some moves that he's always done throughout the many years he's been a wrestler. Um, Ridge Holland is out next for the Brawling Brutes, because one of the interesting things about this match was they had a match on SmackDown where whatever team won has the advantage and I thought it was quite interesting that for many a year I think besides TNA doing it when they had their version of war games which was the lethal lockdown that it was quite weird that you would have the face team having the advantage because you'd always want the face to kind of become the underdog like work from underneath but you know it, it is what it is you have Ridge and Butch a uh, double teaming Jay uh, Butch goes after Jay's hand again and then you have Sami Zayn is out next. Uh, Sami Zayn throws Ridge onto the steel bar between both rings. Because that was a great moment just to see just the brutality and just the effectiveness. And just the brutality of uh, the fact that even though you have to get both rings together. Just by being in the middle of the, of the rings. Just how uh, painful that must be. And then you have Butch then climbs up the cage and does a big backward moonsault. Onto both Jay and Sami Zayn. Uh, Ridge then picks up both Jay and Sami Zayn and back body drops them. Ridge then runs at Jay but slams into the cage himself. Jay then throws Butch into the cage and then you have uh, Jay then throws Butch into the cage and then you have Drew McIntyre is out next. Jay and Sami Zayn double team on Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre throws Jay into either side of the cage. Drew McIntyre then picks up Jay and throws him like a dart into the cage. Then you have Drew McIntyre that hits this amazing, huge, over the head, belly to belly superplex to Sami Zayn. And then you have Drew McIntyre that does the same move again to Sami Zayn doing the massive over the head, belly to belly superplex. And then you have Drew McIntyre with a huge championship spine buster. Uh, then you have Ridge then throw Sami Zayn into the cage. And then you have this amazing spot where from the tree of woe position, uh, you have Drew throws Jay from the top rope. Drew McIntyre then hits his future shock to Sami Zayn. Then you have Jimmy Uso is out next. Jimmy takes a table into the ring. The bloodline starts to fight between each other. Because obviously um, Jay and Sami Zayn are against each other and stuff. And you have the whole thing of actually Jimmy supports it, uh, supporting Sami Zayn but Jay doesn't trust him and stuff and then you also have other moments as well of Jay supporting Sami but then Jimmy Jimmy doesn't trust him and I love that story of Sami Zayn and stuff um, the Usos then throw Drew McIntyre into the cage uh, Jimmy then throws Butch into the cage as well and then you have Drew McIntyre with his big headbutts uh, to both Sami Zayn and Jimmy Kevin Owens is out next for Team Broad and Brutes and then you have Kevin Owens grabs a chair and brings it into the ring and then you have Owens uses his chair on the Usos. Kevin Owens gives Jimmy a big DDT onto the chair. That was a great moment. Uh, then you have Kevin Owens hitting a cannonball onto Jay who's in the corner. Then you have Owens gives Jay a big swanton bomb. 
then you also have as well Kevin Owens throwing a chair at Jay's head. That was just an insane moment because just the velocity of the chair going across and hitting Jay. Um, and then you have Kevin Owens and then Sami Zayn facing off. But then before anything can happen, Ridge then grabs hold of Sami Zayn and starts pummeling him. Um, and then you have Jay using a chair on Kevin Owens. Uh, Butch then hits Jimmy in the stomach with a chair. And then you have Butch stomping onto Jimmy's hand into the chair itself. Then you have Kevin Owens puts Jimmy through a table. Um, a big chop to Sami Zayn by Drew McIntyre. Solo Sokoa is out next. Uh, Solo does a huge clothesline onto Butch, which the bump that Butch took was just fucking insane. Um, Solo does a big Samoan drop onto Ridge. Then you have Owens and Sokoa start pumping each other with these big clubbing blows, big punches, etc. Kevin Owens then gives Sammy Sokoa two big super kicks. Then you have Sammy Sokoa reversing Kevin Owens where he gives him a big back body drop between the two rings. I love this uh, spot because you never see many back body drops anymore. And I thought for me, I love a good back body drop. Just the velocity and the height that some wrestlers can get was just insane, especially from one of my all-time favourite matches, the Survivor Series 88 match between Team Demolition versus Team Powers of Pain. Um, then you have Solo Sokoa giving Drew McIntyre a big super kick. Then you have Drew McIntyre giving Solo Sokoa a big elbow. Sheamus is out next with the Brawling Brutes. Uh, then you have Sheamus slamming the cage door into Sami Zayn. I thought it was a great spot because it's showing off the awesomeness of Sheamus, but also the brutality of what a War Games match, especially with a cage, can entail. Then you have Sheamus with a double clothesline from the top rope to the Usos. Uh, Sheamus then throws Jimmy into the cage. Then you have the Broading Brute splash into the Usos and Sami Zayn into the cage. And then you have Sheamus with, with a big white noise from Brett's rope. And then you have finally Roman Reigns comes out last for the Bloodline. Uh, both teams then face off. And then you have both teams just start fighting off against each other. And then you have Roman Reigns then super punches Sheamus. And then you have all members of the uh, Brutes strike all members of the Bloodline. Uh, Sheamus gives uh, Roman Reigns a big knee. Roman Reigns moves out of the way and Sheamus and bro kick uh, Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns then spears Sheamus. And you, then you have this amazing spot where the Usos give Butch this amazing looking electric chair slash cutter move. I thought that move was just fucking awesome. And then you have a double super kick into a spear through the table to um, Ridge. And then you have um, Solo Sokoa giving Drew McIntyre a spinning rock bottom through a table as well. And then you have Kevin Owens hits this big sunner to Solo Sokoa. Then you have Kevin Owens hit this big pop-up powerbomb to Roman Reigns. And then you have Kevin Owens with a big sunner to Roman Reigns. But then Sami Zayn stops the count from happening. And you just see the looks between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And you can see Kevin Owens is like, how dare you? What the hell did you do? And then you have this amazing moment where Sami Zayn low blows Kevin Owens, showing that actually that he isn't actually on his side. He's on the um, bloodline side. And then you have um, Sami Zayn gives this big halluva kick to Kevin Owens. And then for the finish of the match, we have Jimmy hitting this massive splash to Kevin Owens for the one, the two and the three and the bloodline win. And the, and the bloodline celebrate where you see all of them hugging off each other and you can see them pose to end the show where we now know whose side Sami Zayn is on and and we now know that Sami Zayn is a 
full-fledged member of the Bloodline. Now, guys, for me, I thought this match was fucking good. I thought this match was fantastic. I just loved the storyline of Sami Zayn, of whose side is he on, and even though he was on the Bloodline side all the time, you could see when Kevin Owens came in, that sort of bit like, what's he going to do? And then the fact that he stopped the pin from happening, where actually Kevin Owens had basically the chance to win the match for the Broad and Brutes, and the fact that Sami Zayn then uh, low-blowed Kevin Owens, where you had the amazing pose where you had back, I think it was 2016, where you had like literally the same sort of moment again where Kevin Owens was kind of sliding down Sami Zayn's body. I loved that. Um, in a detail, I thought this match as well was brilliant. I mean, uh, I think for me as well, all 10 men would look great. I mean, the fact they made Butch look fucking awesome, the fact that they made a character who, with the name of Butch, where I think for me, Pete Dunne is a far more superior, better name. But like the fact that they were making him more like Pete Dunne, showing off his great in-ring skill, his great brutality and stuff, and the fact he's called the Bruiserweight. And I, and I just think, for me, this match was just really, really good. And it's just interesting to see them do this match because for the last several years, it's always been a Team Smackdown versus Team Raw or a Raw versus Smackdown versus NXT and stuff. And I like the fact that they actually gave an actual story. It was a... Um, war games match they brought in the war games and i'm hoping to see them do this a lot more often for the survivor series where I, where by doing this it will make the survivor series pay-per-view and the whole survivor series being the war games really, really special and it will make it when we actually have the war games happening like oh my god survivor series and the war games together it's gonna be fucking awesome and and i and i think for me as well wwe with having triple h as the head booker the head guy for the company you can just see just how good it is at the moment and just how interesting and just how great it's become and and it's just really, really cool to see what they're gonna be doing for both the survivor series and the war games in the future and now it's time guys for the awards of the show to begin with i'm gonna be doing my match of the night and for me guys the match of the night would have to go to the main event, the men's war games. I mean, this match for me, like I said, was brilliant. It was great. It was one of those war games that I felt did really, really well for the match. The only thing I kind of felt was missing, but obviously they can't really do it as much anymore, is there was no blood. But then at the same time, the match worked so well that even though there wasn't any blood, it didn't really take away from the match and stuff. Also as well, all 10 men were great. And I think that if anyone wants to watch a... Um, WWE version of the war games this is probably one of the better ones I mean even though in NXT they've had some great war games but I thought this this one was really really good too I mean, and it's just awesome as well to finally have the war games in the WWE proper and so then guys for me my MVP of the entire show would have to go to Sami Zayn I mean this man is just insane this match is just fantastic I mean, for me, this man is just brilliant. This man is fantastic. The way the man is able to tell a great story, the way the man is able to uh, make it, uh, you kind of have that intrigue of whose side is he going to be on? Is he going to go with Kevin Owens, who they've been friends, but even though they've been on and off for many years, is he going to stay with the bloodline? And then you have throughout the night of, obviously on SmackDown, uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn talking to each other and stuff, where then Jay mentioned it to Roman, then you have Roman then talking to... Sammy about it and Sammy's been like, nah, I'm on your side and stuff. Then you have that amazing moment of Sami Zayn showing off the loyalty to Roman Reigns and just, ah, uh, it's just, Sami Zayn's just fantastic. Just the whole bloodline storyline in general was just brilliant. And it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do in the future 
where it's going to become are they going to make Sami Zayn into the biggest face ever because he's one of those people because he's just so good he's just so natural he's just so amazing on the microphone that you have a lot of moments where he makes the bloodline laugh the fans love Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn is just awesome I mean going to see Sami Zayn when he wrestled back in NXT back in 2015 when I saw all them back uh, at Wembley Arena where they had TakeOver that night. Such a good show, one of the best I've ever been to ever, that you're just intrigued to see what's going to happen next. And I just love the storyline and it's just awesome to see what's going to happen and are they going to keep Sami Zayn as part of the bloodline? Is the bloodline going to turn on Sami Zayn? Is Sami Zayn going to turn on the bloodline? Is Sami Zayn going to win the Royal Rumble? You have that intrigue because even though you might have The Rock in it, or you might have Cody uh, Rhodes coming back and stuff and what's going to happen with that. And then you have... Roman Reigns being the world champions for all this time and stuff. And I just, I just think for me, WWE has been the best it's been for many, many years. You can see just the freshness, the the new lease of life and just, just, and just everything about wrestling, what I love so much. Just awesome to kind of have that sort of like um, uniqueness and just the intrigue and just the wonder that WWE finally has now that rather than being bored out my fucking brain and being like, come on, I want the storyline to end or having it where you don't really care about the matches because to Vince, wins and losses don't really matter. But then now, wins and losses matter. Storyline matters. They bring back people's past who they've wrestled for and stuff. And the fact as well that you have Michael Cole more open and more like crazy compared to what he used to be, where he used to just basically be a shill. Obviously, as well, the other commentators as well, being able to be more open and more free and mention people's past. Like, I loved as well where you had um, at the uh, Clash at the Castle, they mentioned about Asuka's previous stints in Japan. Um, same with EO Sky. I thought it was really, really cool. And I'm just loving it as well that with WWE and especially this show, it was really intriguing. You had some great storylines. And I think for me, the main event scene has been the best it's been for a long, long time. And may. Triple H, the WWE and everything else about this amazing show and the future is looking good for the World Wrestling Federation. And that, my friends, was my Big Four review on the Survivor Series 2022 War Games pay-per-view. Let me know, guys, in the comments below what your thoughts are about this match and about the pay-per-view in itself and what your thoughts are on other um war games too i love the huey guys think and also as well guys please don't forget to like follow and subscribe to no wrestling on all, all the different social medias podcast networks and youtube too this has been no wrestling guys i've been your amazing host as always mark sylvester and don't forget guys to take care and always remember war games